0: the land even so not have the upper hand.
1: a podcast will kill this wicked night might he get
0: With a magical crystal.
1: The way you fell from the sky, I thought maybe you were an angel or something.
0: Thank you for saving me.
1: A boy with an irresistible dream. Beyond that cloud is a floating city that no one here on Earth believes exists.
0: An island that floats in the sky?
1: Yep. Together,
0: they found the courage. Are you sure you want to do this? I swear! I am going to be the one to prove it. To take off on an unforgettable adventure. There it is! Look! Wow! Patsu, <gasps> look there! Oh. Now, with the help of some high flying friends. we you let us sail with you and the boys. All right! Let's show what the Dome of Pirate Day is made of!
1: Cheetah and Patsu
0: are battling the forces of evil. Get them! They went that pistol! The power! Well, well,
1: it's like we caught a little pirate and protecting the secret. Bring the crystal to life and you too will be
0: free. Of the castle in the sky.
1: It's the sacred light. Tell me the spell.
0: You will never possess the crystal. Ready for what might happen? From Buena Vista Home Entertainment and Hayao Miyazaki. Cheetah! Featuring the voices of
1: Dawson's Creek's James Vanderbeek as Patsu. Cheetah means everything to me and Academy Award winner Anna Paquin as Sheeta. <laughs> Here we go!
0: No, Patsu, hurry!
1: Castle in the Sky. Coming soon, only to video.
0: And now, our feature presentation.
1: Hello, and welcome to Culture Zoo. Uh, this is episode 17. I'm Levi. And I'm Roslyn. And uh, we are at the second movie of our Summer of Miyazaki uh, marathon, where we are going through all of the films in chronological order of Hayao Miyazaki, the uh, kind of master animator behind most of the films at Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, before we get into that, um, how can people find us, Roslyn, if they want to? See.
0: If
1: they want to shower us with accolades so and love,
0: our, and follow our exactly. witticisms. Um hang on our every word. Exactly. Um our our sponsors are one drawing a day. That's right. <laughs> which is our also ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Um, one all drawing the money a day. from
1: Culture Zoo goes right to one drawing a day.
0: It's it's kind of a disgusting okay. system, really. You know. It's corrupt.
1: Which is all donated to <laughs> charities.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? One drawing a day dot WordPress wordpress.com. Dot com. Yep,
1: find We, find us there.
0: We and I have um a, well I started Started Instagram, but we We're both on post Instagram. on it. Instagram uh, Culture Zoo podcast
1: and Twitter at uh, C Zoo podcast. C Zoo podcast.
0: You Do you us use that Twitter? Oh uh, yeah,
1: I, I, I post on there on um, occasion.
0: I don't understand Twitter, so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those things. Well,
1: I went on social media fast for the yeah. rest of the year,
0: but Twitter is.
1: But I, I mean, for my main account, right? So your, Twitter Culture Zoo Twitter is is right know, still on. Within the bounds, so one thing I would like to ask all of our our legions of faithful um, users is, rate us on iTunes. It actually does help with rankings in iTunes. So, if you would be so kind as to just search for Culture Zoo in the iTunes Podcast Store and then just leave us a review. Yeah. Right now we have two wonderful listeners who have already left us a review, (laughs) Um, but. I think we can do better than two. I'd say if we get to 10, we'll do something special. Yeah. If we can get 10 ratings, I don't know, we'll do maybe a podcast of our listeners uh, choosing. We will yeah. send a free t shirt to number 10 that or would something be fun. like that. Yeah, we'll do something fun.
0: Um, and give us a good rating because mm-hmm. uh, my husband recently started his own business and was having people like, you know, who yeah. he did work for um, rate him. And his, this longtime family friend like used to spank him when he was little longtime family which is he's all a, a which is weird friend. on a lot of levels we're always like that's weird that he did that I don't think that's but I mean but like I mean grew up with him and he gave him like a 4.5 out of 5 and like, like kind some of, room for improvement yeah and Steve was like it really hurt my rating whereas all the strangers who rated him it's like, five, like 5 out of 5 star. like this guy's awesome <laughs> I was like,
1: that's, hilarious.
0: that's really awful.
1: Okay, okay 4.5. <laughs> well... Okay, yeah, so leave us a good rating. I mean, if you want to complain to us, I guess yeah, you can. Yeah, I know you can. You sure can. It's a free country. Yeah. But you won't get a t-shirt. <laughs> no. um, so, so tonight we are talking <clears throat> about, Rosam, what are we talking about tonight? Which uh, film?
0: It, what is it called again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong castle. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Palace <laughs> in the gra- No, <laughs> no, it's, uh. well, it's actually, it's. It's known by it's. It's one of those things when you look at IMDb. There's like Ray. a ton of titles. That's it's kind like of why I was. Like, Edge of tomorrow or Ray. live, die, repeat. We don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this is either Laputa or Castle in the Sky, or okay. sometimes Laputa. Well, because there's the castle other the Castle sky.
0: one. Sorry, say the other Owl's one. How's Moving Castle? How's yeah. Moving Castle? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So this a is not How's Moving Castle. This
0: is. Castle in the Sky. This is
1: the first official Studio Ghibli movie. Okay. Not the first film to be directed by Hayao Haya. Miyazaki, but this is the first film ever produced by the studio he started, which is Ghibli. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it's somewhat of like a first film, and it feels... Uh, yeah, so we can we can get into it, but you just, you, this, yeah. you've never seen this before, right? Never
0: seen it before, and... Um, I watched it today. This week, as we discussed, has been quite hairy. Um, But I watched it today with my, what is he going to be, five in July? Mm. Me and Calvin watched it. how did Calvin like it? He... Loved it. Yeah. And I was a little worried. I went online to be like, is this appropriate for kids? But it's totally, I think, appropriate for a five-year-old. I mean, it's a little intense. There's some gun violence. So Mm -hmm. if you have problems with that. But um, he loved it. And I loved watching it with him because it opens in these clouds and these flying fortresses. And right away, he noticed stuff I didn't even notice, which was super cool because it pans over one of the ships. And he's like, are those pirates? Oh. And I was like, they are pirates. Cause there's like a yeah. school and crossbones on. Yeah, and he noticed sure. right away, he's like, are those pirates? Yeah. And, and then the other really cute thing was, um, it shows the girl, like it, yeah. you know, shows her face in the window and he, <laughs> he's so funny. He goes, Oh, I'm going to like, he immediately got a crush on her. <laughs> like within seconds he knew this is the girl I'm going to have a crush on and like made a weird face and was like, Oh, I feel really, what does he say? nervous or shy or something or something weird. And Uh, if our listeners
1: don't know Calvin though, he's, he's a character.
0: Calvin, my five year old (laughs) or five in July. It's weird. He's going to be five, but he loved her. And then she shortly falls off of this Uh flying thing. And he, he, he cried.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, within that's within like the first two minutes of the emotional rollercoaster. So it's like excitement by the pirates. Yeah. He's like, got a crush on her. And then she falls from this great height and he, he's like, I have to blink. And he has all these tears in his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) He said that I need to blink.
1: (laughs) So. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So when I first saw this movie, like the first time I saw it, I saw it by myself and it was like a long time ago. Um, and I didn't love it. I mean, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, oh, that felt like it was a little bit different than like. Kind of long. Yeah, it was a little bit different than my... And I have a few criticisms of this, um, which I usually don't have very many criticisms for, like, a Miyazaki film. But to me, I was like, eh, you know, it Mm -hmm. was good. But, like, I didn't love it as much as, like, you know, his other films, you know. And then I watched it, like, years later with my kids. Um. And it made it go way up in my estimation because it was like they were cracking up. They were, like, thrilled by it. (laughs) And I was like, wow, okay, I get this. This is just a lot more of a lighthearted movie. It's a lot more adventurous Mm -hmm. and fun than kind of your typical Miyazaki mm-hmm. film.
0: Yeah, not as yeah. kind of sober feeling. Yeah, just has a lot more, it's just a lot more like yeah. light. There's a lot of yeah. funny parts too. Yeah.
1: So anyway, the plot, I'm going to give a quick rundown of the plot. Okay. Um, and uh, so Shida and Patsu, mm-hmm. the two main characters. So they're kind of thrown together after Patsu finds Shida mysteriously floating down from the sky. It's <laughs> kind of how the film opens. Um, but she's floating, kept aloft by a crystal amulet that she wears around her neck. Um, and both are kind of innocent, capable characters. They're pretty young. I mean, I think in the film they're like maybe 13, 14 uh, yeah, is kind of what they feel like. Yeah, I would, say they would feel right like. around there. Yeah. And... Um, Patsu is a very fun character. The kids love Patsu. Um, he's a young minor. He kind of reminds me. Have you ever read George McDonald's Curdy? He kind of because Curdy is the main character of these films. He kind of reminds me of Curdy a little bit. Mm. I don't know if there was any inspiration there, who's also a minor kid. Um, and he's he kind of makes up for like his lack of physical like powers, just with like determination, optimism, and yeah. energy. Yeah, he's, he's really like, very sweet. energetic. Yeah. yeah, very sweet. Um, and there's two different groups chasing Sheeta to get her crystal amulet. And um, there's just Secret agent working for the government, but who has his own agenda, kind of, and um, a band of pirates who want the amulet for the profit potential, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing, the whole kind of driving force of the plot is that the amulet is the key to finding the lost floating city of Laputa. Mm-hmm. And controlling its power could kind of lead to world domination. So. Mm-hmm. So castle in the sky, or it's is is actually it's really more of like an island floating Mm -hmm. in the sky. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the intro to the movie kind of shows that this is like there was a time when humans progressed to the point where they basically defeated gravity. Yeah, right. So there was all these floating cities, tons of them, tons of floating cities in the sky. And um, then something seemed to happen where they lost that, Mm -hmm. and it shows. Yeah, exactly. It shows. So when it opens, it's like long after that and these cities have passed into legend and uh,
0: but Laputa was the most powerful of them all
1: yeah Laputa was kind of like maybe the capital or like the source of all this and it's still people still see it from time to time floating in the sky yeah um so yeah so the first question I had like what time and place is this set in
0: that's a good question it's feels very steampunky
1: yeah steampunk before steampunk
0: happened So I mean it kinda of feels at times Victorian, but then it's also not Victorian. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was really interesting when I was thinking about I was like do they have electricity here? And it's like there's certain instances where they do. Like they'll I, use radio receivers from time, but like, they don't. It's like wireless. It's, um, it's Morse, Morse code. code. Yeah.
0: So and then there's a car, and he says, "Wow, look at! I've never seen a real automobile before." Yeah. So to me, that feels right. Turn that's of the century. Yeah. You know. And all the
1: flying machines, but the fl- the things that fly all seem to be kind of like Zeppelin based.
0: Exactly. They yeah. look like those big Zeppelins. So there's
1: huge airships kind of floating like that's that's one of the things in the movie again this is really getting into kind of the theme a recurring theme mm-hmm. with how Miyazaki is his obsession with flight yeah and this is a huge one although there's there's certain technology that's the best way I could describe it is if like someone kind of in Victorian times you know how when you look at like old like visions of the future
0: <laughs> yeah where everyone's like riding bikes in yeah. the sky or something like that or yeah. it's this
1: very like oh that's what people thought the future would look like right. and this is like a movie based in like someone's Victorian vision of the future. Of the future. Yeah.
0: Or it kind of also could be like at one point technology was very advanced, but they have Mm -hmm. regressed. So they have some vestiges of technology like cars and the... um,
1: But it feels very like steam engines and stuff. It feels very like our world. (laughs) Yes.
0: I want to turn into
1: a dragon. You want to turn into a dragon? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, Calvin wants to be a gorilla, so you guys could be buddies. All right. go to bed.
1: Okay. Right. Would not be a podcast if <laughs> Charlie didn't Charlie. interrupt it. Um, yeah, so there's, it's, it's yeah, it's just an interesting setting. That was one of the things that I was thinking about is it's it feels very close uh-huh. to our world. Like um, Nausicaa. Felt right. very, it was like so far in the future yeah. that it was like science fiction-y. More science fiction And it was, even sure. though there were certain things that felt, but there was no real connection to our culture there.
0: You didn't all yeah, you're right. Not it, a whole cultural...
1: Yeah, it wasn't like I could be like, oh, there's a car. It was mm-hmm. like, clearly things had gone through so much yeah. evolution and it change. It may
0: not have even been Earth, actually. Yeah, you know,
1: honestly, it really might not have been. Because of the yeah. way the
0: forest was. Exactly, It didn't yeah. really feel like Earth ever.
1: Yeah, it was such a distant future that it was just so foreign. Mm-hmm. Now this feels very much like, this feels like old timey, right. which is funny, but it's like but you also, old-timey. but future old timey yeah. because it's using technology we don't have, but it has a very old time vibe to it. Right. Um, so that's not really... It was just a, as I was watching, I thought, oh, this is a really clever uh, setting. So, very um, fun. Yeah, very fun. Very fun. Um, what did you think about uh, the two main
0: characters, Shida and Patsu? I really liked them. I liked Patsu probably more than Shida, yeah. um, which is... Sometimes that happens in movies yeah. where, like, I think um, Say Anything is one of those movies and you don't like that movie because... Say Anything. No, yeah, say anything. Um, John Cusack, where he's super charming and just like, Mm -hmm. and same with this movie, just super magnetic personality. And the girl is fine. Yeah. There's nothing against her. She's kind of just like the, um, I don't know, what is that? The straight man almost. Mm -hmm. But I liked her. She was sweet. Yeah, I would say, I think...
1: She's sweet. Um, As far as Ghibli movies go, she's the best character. Heroine especially. Yeah, yeah. usually the heroines have a bit more kind of color to them. Yeah. Um, And she felt a little bit more bland than usual, I think.
0: I feel like part of it was her voice actress.
1: Okay, so that's Anna Paquin. I was wondering what you thought of her. Who's
0: Anna Paquin again?
1: She's rogue in X-Men.
0: Okay, she's, yes,
1: yes. She was like a child actor. Yeah. I have liked... I, okay, so yeah, so there, you're right. So that was one of the things listening to her performance. There's certain things I really like about her performance yeah. in that I really like her
0: accent. I loved her accent. It, it was, was such so fun weird, to listen to. I think
1: it really works yeah. because the character in the movie is someone kind of exotic. Right, not,
0: from she, far away. Yeah, she's
1: she's from a... Uh, as we learn going through the movie, she's actually a long, like uh, a descendant, one of the last living descendants of Laputa, the the floating city. Yeah, Yeah. so so it makes sense that she has this very hard to identify accent. Mm
0: -hmm. And it is kind of distinguished. So
1: I think Anna Paquin was like raised... In Australia. Because it
0: felt kind of Kiwi at times. Yeah. Not Kiwi, um, Australian. That's yeah. what I meant to say. It felt kind of Australian at times.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit... Yeah, it's just a, it's a strange... But it's
0: prettier than like the uh, real... Yeah, she's all
1: like, I give it But it's yeah. like
0: at times I thought yeah. it was Australian and then a lot of times it just sounds English. Yeah, I think... That's I don't know. her real accent. That's huh? her real accent. Interesting.
1: Yeah, so it, it definitely works. But there is a time... Uh, but I feel like on the other hand, she sometimes doesn't have it's almost to me it was too subdued a little too it was subdued. like she was too quiet yeah and she always kind of talks in this very elegant yeah. um yeah voice and uh I don't know if that's... I imagine doing voiceover work for animation is super hard. Mm, yeah. Also animation where you're having to do yeah. a dub.
0: Yeah. Because
1: if you've ever seen behind the scenes, this is one of the interesting things. When, when they're doing these dubs, yeah. you know, they have to match the mouth movement for Japanese words. <laughs> It's just so. Awesome. it's sometimes it's really like, yeah. well, what are we going to say here? Because we need to say what right. these Japanese words are communicating. Yeah. But this is way shorter in Japanese, mm-hmm. or there's not really an English equivalent for this, so we have to kind of put in our do own. Do they
0: ever edit the film to make it? So I don't think so. Can they ever do that? Yeah, because yeah, that would get really. I'm messy. sure they could,
1: but I don't think they. I don't think they do that kind of stuff. Now, yes. this movie, I do know for the for. The history behind it was that they did the dub before Spirited Away, actually. Okay. But then they never released it for a long time. They finally released it on DVD, but it was mm. like they would show it at like film festivals mm. sometimes. Um and they also re-recorded the soundtrack. It used to have like a much more eighties soundtrack mm. that was all yeah. synth. Yeah. So they I think they kept all the themes, but they did it more orchestrally. Right. Um But Patsu is also played by James Vanderbeek. Don't tell me. Is yeah. he Wooten? No.
0: Okay, he sounds like like sometimes that's it.
1: Which is who's that? That's Jess Harnell. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Voiceover guy who does that. No. um, So James, uh, yeah, James Vanderbeek was on Dawson's Creek.
0: Oh, is he Dawson?
1: I I think he's Dawson. I could be wrong. Or is that someone else? Might not be Dawson. James
0: Vanderbeek.
1: Yeah, he's on Dawson's Creek. He was in Varsity Blues. I.
0: That's Dawson, then. That's
1: Dawson. I think it is. Okay. I've never watched Dawson's Creek. I watched, anime, like, deal, one season. You.
0: Yeah. I didn't love um, it. And so
1: he's interesting because he's, like, I would not think, like, a kind of teen heartthrob guy would be good to play Potsu's character. Right. But I think he does a really good job. Because he comes across as kind of nerdy, his voice. It's not, like, at all, like, heartthrobby or mature. Yeah. Mature. Um, he comes across, he and like, really does a, fun and yeah, he does a really good kind of youthful voice. Yeah. Um,
0: and he doesn't seem too old at all. He does
1: not seem too old yeah. at all. And neither does Anna Paquin. Um,
0: yeah, their voices are appropriate yeah. for their size. Yeah.
1: And, and Potsu's a fun character in that he's, he's very like determined and optimistic. Like one of my favorite Patsu moments is when, uh, it's Patsu actually, but it uh, was, when there, there's a big fight breaking out between yeah. pirates and the miners. Um, and like the, uh, it's it's the pirates are these like super big tough right. guys and the miners are these super big tough guys. It's actually a hilarious. Did really Calvin cute. like that scene? Yeah, yeah, he did. The kids always crack up at that yeah. scene because there's these two guys who are like they're they're chase. these pirates are chasing um Sheeta and she, she is with Patsu. So they run to his minor friends to kinda help them get away. And the miners basically face off with the pirates. Yeah. And it's a fight, but it's a really funny fight because yeah. they're like two really tough guys yeah. and they start by like busting their shirts to show how He's like, they are.
0: show them how you rip your shirt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so they're both like rip their shirts and they just punch each other. Yeah. But they punch each other and they're like, "Ooh, I can take it. You know, they just kind of tough it out until yeah. like this huge fight breaks out. But yeah. it's a very, it's a really funny fight. Um, and so as the story progresses, um, what ends up happening is that Shida and Patsu end up kind of... I keep saying Patsu, but it's Pazu. 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 Um, Shida and Pazu end up joining forces with the pirates. There's these yeah. two forces that are chasing Shida to get the amulet. And um, they... Uh, they the, the pirates are are... Uh, through kind of just circumstances they decide okay Mm -hmm. the pirates just want the treasure pretty much right and the the government forces especially the secret agent um named Mm.
0: what's his name uh it's starts with an m yeah
1: (laughs) named muska is uh is our they seem much more sinister towards sheeta um and so they uh, they end up joining forces with these pirates who, kind of true to Miyazaki form, this is one of the things yes. again with Miyazaki. They initially seem like the bad, they're going to be the bad guys. Yeah. But these pirates turn out to be very lovable. Yeah. They're, they're, they're there's actually, so they're actually a family of pirates yeah. run by their old but very tough mom. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Who does she remind you of? She reminded me of someone, and I was like, who? is she i couldn't oh um grandma ben from bone yeah, yeah. oh good call yeah. that's totally Where she's she like is. really old but very tough yeah like tougher than anyone you could imagine yeah
1: exactly <laughs> and so the pirates are all her sons and their dad is this little old man basically but they they have and that's the other thing i love they have this pirate ship that they're on which is yeah. super cool so fun so all the ships are basically airships that float around in the sky. And the pirate ship is one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just this, like, as I was watching this, all, me and the kids kept going, oh, man, this would be so fun if I weren't so afraid of heights. <laughs> I know. Nobody seems <laughs> yes. to be scared. Either. No, no one's really it, it, kinda it, that's kind of the thing that there's just such a weightlessness about yeah. the way Miyazaki will animate flight. It yeah. doesn't seem It never seems scared.
0: It seems so safe.
1: Yeah, and they fly around on these like little mm-hmm. like almost like that they look like bugs, these little Yeah, aircraft. they're like
0: scooters in the air where yeah. it's like you're not. you're just kind of hanging on and standing yeah. there and yeah. nobody's scared and, yeah, it's and they're just almost like, just like jumping like back off. and forth yeah. and
1: it's it's yeah it almost so makes fun. like flying look like swimming or something exactly um, and uh, they'll get into these uh, the other thing too is I love how they'll use like clouds so they'll be flying along <sighs> such pretty clouds and they'll look below them and there's this huge other airship yeah. and they'll have this they'll like they'll come up fight.
0: out of the clouds like it's a ship yeah. coming out of uh, or like yeah they in,
1: burst through the clouds like yeah. it's almost like coming like out of the like in Pirates water. of the
0: Caribbean when the yeah. ship can go underwater kind
1: of yeah exactly yeah. and then they'll have these dogfights fights in the sky mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah, and as they and you know the the relationship between Pazu and uh, Sheeta is kind of instant. They instantly mm-hmm. bond, pretty yeah. much, and you can tell they like each other. I right. think there's definitely some like affection there, but yeah. they're too young to be romantic. Right. Is kind of the way it works out,
0: which I like. It it seems yeah. like in the films I've seen of his, it's always like that, yeah. where the heroine isn't like how in Disney, yeah. they're like these grown women. Mm-hmm. Disney. It's yeah. odd if you think about it that mm-hmm. these movies are for kids and they're women who are very sometimes sexualized. You think like <laughs> yeah. Jasmine and Holy like cow, Little yeah. Mermaid, like yeah. and these are like our little girl role models, you know. Yeah. Whereas with these, it's really nice because the the heroines are like always kind of like just if they're if they've hit puberty, it's like just barely.
1: Yeah, you know. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's interesting the. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's something I hadn't really thought about. But most of his heroines are not women. I'm trying to think. Yeah, they're not women. They're girls. Mm-hmm. Um, or even when they are women, they're never like sexualized. Right. They're never like, let's make this a little bit sexy. Right. You know? I mean,
0: uh, Disney's women are so. I haven't really thought about that. I mean, from ev- I mean, the yeah. only one who actually isn't is Snow White, the very first yeah. one. I mean, kind of from like the
1: Disney Renaissance in the 90s. Yeah. I mean,
0: I mean, I wouldn't say
1: Belle is, but like little mermaids walking around in bikini.
0: Little mermaid, Jasmine. Yeah. But also I think Belle is to me like I, she's, she, I identify her more as an adult because I mean, I wanted to be her when I was a little girl too, but I mean, she is dealing with like this, like wanting more and then her and Beast, like she loves him (laughs) and it's like they get married. So they're kind of like (laughs) adults. Yeah. Themes,
1: you know, I think one of the things, and that's that's an interesting point to make because, yeah, Miyazaki's films always kind of end on a note of unresolved, they're a little bit ambiguous, yeah, and it's a really nice point to resolve with a wedding, yeah, and that's really, I think that's why almost all Disney movies do is they resolve with a wedding because it's like that are we going to end it? <laughs> yeah. This is a great place to end because yeah. it kind of like everything's brought together. It's a great moment of like, okay, they're together now. They're Happily bonded. Ever after. Yeah. They're married. They're united in matrimony and we're sending them mm-hmm. off, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's like, you don't want to see after that. Mm-mm. Like that's the end of the story. But in this story, you know, and, and almost all of his stories there. And that's an interesting point. I keep well, finished my point, but a lot of Miyazaki's films have not just strong female role model, of female characters, but also strong male characters yeah. as kind of counterparts mm-hmm. to. So there's a lot where of where it's not ma- like the male female dynamic. Yeah, right. The, if you if you think Disney princesses are shallow characters, try Disney princes.
0: Prince Eric has brings a lot to the table. The prince, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Well, no, I'm Prince teasing. Eric is
1: actually a He's great characterization <laughs> compared to like Prince Charming there's or Prince, prince Charming, Philip.
0: Prince Philip, who
1: basically are like cowardboard cutouts. Yeah, okay, they are. Or, like, just, whatever the prince was in like Snow boyfriend White. boyfriend in a box. Like, yeah, it's just like... exactly. They look cute. And,
0: <laughs> and they, I mean, they kiss you are, at the end. <laughs> they have
1: absolutely no characterization. Like, Prince Aladdin, Eric is, like, the there's most... Dying.
0: Aladdin tries. I oh, mean, he, see, you know, Aladdin,
1: he's the main character, though. So right. they give him more yeah, development. Yeah, that's true. And Beast is kind of the exception. But before that, <sighs> yeah. you know, like... It was bad for for Disney. Princes.
0: I mean, and honestly, Prince Eric is really lame too. He, is, like, he doesn't have much character. I mean, the he's role of than the prince, prince charming though. is Hello. to be in love with the princess, yeah. and to like that's yeah. his role.
1: But so the silly, yeah. So that's why I think Miyazaki's relationships are way more interesting because they're not really defined. There's right. a lot of times, you know, the so in this one, there's clearly like some. Affection, yeah. attraction there, yeah. but it's not something that they could ever really act on because they're way too young. Mm-hmm. And it's, it'd be like inappropriate if they I did. I was really
0: worried they were going to kiss yeah. at, when they got to the island. And I was like, that would be so weird, yeah. but it's so sweet. Cause they hug. Yeah, and exactly. It's like, they're
1: like so happy and they and just exciting.
0: laugh and they hug. Yeah. And it's like so much sweeter and more realistic for what a kid should even be watching. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's, and that's the
1: thing I think is that when you're not just defining their relationship based mm-hmm. on romance, there's a lot more potential for some very interesting stuff to yeah, happen. Yeah. And if you don't just know, okay, this is going to resolve with a wedding. right? Um, you know, even though it could, I mean, who knows? Shida and Pazu you know, much later could get married, but right. it's like, it's not going to show you that it's not going to tell you. And they get married right. and live. Hap- well,
0: hap- and happily that's ever not after. the driving point of the plot. So yeah. many, not to like bash on Disney. I love and adore yeah. Disney, but so many of the older from my generation, Disney movies at least yeah. are the driving plot is the romance between the two characters. You know, that's kind of, mm-hmm. and that's why it resolves with a wedding. Like, you know, yeah. are they going to get married? So, but that's yeah. not at all in these movies. No,
1: it's not the plot. No. Like, like Nausicaa had very little romance. They had a friend. She was friends with that one yeah. pilot, um, yeah. but it wasn't romantic at all. No. It was more just a friendship. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, this one has a little bit more hint at like love, but it's not... It's not really mm-hmm. any kind of romantic.
0: And it's more like they care for each other yeah. and have bonded through their life experiences. They both are orphans yeah. and they kind of are both alone in the world mm-hmm. and they find each other and yeah. it's like they need each other and yeah. they're there for each other and they both have these similar like want want yeah. good for the world and they bond yeah. and it's really sweet. They're really good friends.
1: Yeah, and I like I love the moment like they they just have a lot of sweet moments together, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they really do. Yeah, and that's that's even though like Sheeta isn't the most like complex, compelling character no. on her own, the way they interact, I really like.
0: Yeah, he really elevates her. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> um, like I love that part where they're up in kind of the the crow's nest and. They're just talking to each other uh-huh. and, um, like all the pirates are listening to them. Yeah, That's so
0: sweet. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that. And
1: it's, it's interesting because the main pirate, their mom, what's mm-hmm. her name? I forget her. Name. Uh, Dola. Dola. Yeah. Dola, the mom, she like, y- you get the sense that, you know, she's kind of. The whole time, like thinking of herself. Mm -hmm. It's funny because they both have similar hairstyles. They do. They have the big braids. The big braids. Yeah. (laughs) Except Dola's like super old. And like
0: (laughs) when she gets her braids shot off, she's really (laughs) sad for her. She's like, it's always hard day when you get your braids shot off (laughs) or something like that.
1: That is (laughs) she does. Yeah, and then and Dola and it's like the the husband tells her like she reminds me of you Uh when you were her age. You know, so it's kind of like you get that sense that she's like remembering herself when even the um, yeah. Uh, yeah, not to go back to the Disney thing, but so I this was one of the things I was thinking about with this movie, comparing to Disney. So, um, what do you think of the animation? in this it's beautiful yeah it's very like
0: the backs i don't know how animation works but the scenery is like
1: pre-computers it's
0: breathtaking when the light shines and even calvin a couple times was like that's really pretty (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah yeah there's just a few uh, i like i feel like
1: miyazaki and his films will do it's so a Disney film, I love Disney films, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I mean, so Disney has like perfected the art of animation in a specific style, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like the way I would describe a Disney film is like you're watching a Broadway play mm-hmm. animated. Because mm-hmm. everyone's acting, right. really like yeah. acting like a stage actor in a Disney film. If you watch it, there's not a lot of subtlety to the way they act. Yeah. But it, it works because they have show tunes. It's like a Broadway play mm-hmm. brought uh, animated, you know, so... Um, So everything's very dramatic. They will strike a lot of poses and kind of hold (laughs) Mm -hmm. it. There's actually a thing called a golden pose in in Disney animation (laughs) where you hold a certain pose long enough. So it registers the emotion that the character is trying to get across. Interesting. And you're kind of transitioning between golden poses, basically. (laughs) Um, Because in animation, it needs to be especially for for children, it needs to be very clear what the person's thinking. Right. You don't have an actor there to do it. So you as the animator have to put the person in a position where they're communicating what's There's going on.
0: There's less expression in the face. And, yeah. yeah. And if you
1: want to see someone do it badly, I'd say watch like a lot of the Disney competition in mm-hmm. like the, the 90s.
0: There was so much bad stuff. Like,
1: it, I know, uh, what was it? Oh, the Swan Princess is a popular, it's kind of a classic. <laughs> I haven't classic seen it since event. I was
0: really little, but I liked it when I was yeah. a kid.
1: I don't know. People really like it, but if you watch it, you're like, mm-hmm. this is not very good animation.
0: Or even Anastasia. Anastasia. You can see yeah. like the story is actually really good uh-huh. there's really funny at times yeah. but you can see like this is not a disney production yeah the art and the well, animation just yeah. doesn't
1: stand up to do yeah exactly and so there's just a tradition at disney that they do a certain kind of animation it's like
0: really good to perfection basically
1: yeah. um but it's like miyazaki style is like a different it's like he's animating a movie i would say it's much more cinematic almost mm-hmm. in that he'll do things like it's like so the acting and the the way that people behave is much more um, kind of naturalistic and lifelike, yeah. I guess. So it's a lot more subtle. So... It's not like people are there's there's some really cartoony, especially in this one. You know, there's some really cartoony over the top with the pirates yeah. where they'll do these goofy stuff. But for the main characters, especially like a lot of it is done in very subtle, like a lot of the communication of what they're feeling and thinking mm-hmm. is very subtle. And then the way they'll just kind of rest on landscapes more and they'll let they'll let certain scenes kind of take their time in the way that reminds me of more of like a movie Hmm. or like a, you know, a film would do as opposed to like a Broadway play. Totally. Um, So for example, you know, there's a moment, uh, you know, where Patsu will Patsu goes up on the roof and just plays this tune yeah. And lets out all these, like he keeps pigeons and they just kind of fly around this town and you just see this town. And the sun's rising. The, the sun's it. rising and it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, no one's talking for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it it's a good moment of like kind of characterization of Paz, Pazu mm-hmm. that just shows you the kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. He's up before everyone. He's mm-hmm. playing the trumpet to wake up the town, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, And it's just, it's just a neat moment, but um, but it's also very subtle. You know, yeah. and um so there's little things. And I think that's something he does. This is his most, I feel like, kind of over the top, cartoony, st- cartoony style. Yeah. Uh, but even that, a lot of this, there's just kind of moments of of just subtlety. Yeah. And like you were saying, the interactions between them, there's no moment where it's like I love you, and yeah, you it's know, very
0: realistic.
1: It is. It is, and
0: it's really. In that in that way, yeah, it just, fun. it just
1: has a more real kind of feel to it
0: in like a movie. Whereas, in yeah, you don't really get that with Disney, like uh-huh. the relationships don't, even though I mean, mm-hmm. Beauty and These probably has the most. And as Disney's gone on, I think Tangled has a really good relationship, yeah. but yeah, kind of classic Disney, you yeah. don't really have that. You're right, it's well, more think about showy. Little Mermaid. Yeah.
1: She falls in love with Prince Eric when yeah. she sees him once.
0: And he falls in love with her from like when he wakes up from, from his vaguely like, death her, yeah. and he doesn't even really know who she is. <laughs> yeah.
1: It could have been it's a just her voice. I love The Little Mermaid.
0: I do. And I love Disney for <laughs> yeah. what it is because it's just yeah. so... <laughs> amazing for what it is but when but you start to look different. at some of
1: the interactions it gets a little bit like
0: it's kind Ooh. of like all these stereo yeah. i don't know archetypes i guess would be a better yeah. word but there it's some
1: different. some fare better than others yeah um
0: i don't like yeah i have my favorites
1: yeah exactly
0: but and the other thing with the animation which is i don't know if it's common with Japan, Panimation, is that how you say it? Or uh, anime? Anime. Okay. Where it'll be, it'll stop for a really long time on their face. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like their face is doing a lot of expression, yeah. but it just is like, it's like mm-hmm. a good chunk of time, which you would never have in mm-hmm. like a Disney movie where they're just sort of like really subtly reacting yeah. for a long time. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's another thing too, is the way they animate their faces like a disney face is so expressive. Right. They have all this Their like
0: eyes
1: and Yeah, there's all this like they'll scrunch up and, and you know, it's called crinkles. squash and stretch mm-hmm. is another tech animation technique where you you really I mean if you look at all the different expressions that say like you get out of Rapunzel. Yeah. You know, I mean there is some really yeah. it's good, but it's very um it's it's a lot of intense acting going yeah. on. Um, it's
0: probably where they make their eyes so big. Yeah, and that's probably it does have
1: a lot to do with it. Whereas in this film and in yeah Miyazaki's films, like the acting is it does they don't have those kind of faces. They mm. don't they don't they don't act that way. So a lot more has to be kind of expressed in different ways. Yeah. I think dialogue maybe. Yeah, dialogue and just kind of the way they're in choices that they make. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It is interesting. I mean, and that's that's one of the things I think it just feels different. Um, and, but at the same time, it's very enjoyable.
0: It's fun. So,
1: um, any other thoughts on maybe the first two acts of the film?
0: Mm, not really. It right, yeah. was good.
1: So, I think um, the uh, so for me, I guess my criticisms of this film would be: I feel like for me, the emotional high point of the movie is when they get to the yeah. get to the island. Like that, I love that scene. I think that's my favorite part of the movie. It's cause they're yeah. they're flying in the sky in these clouds and they're going through this storm and it's like, oh, there's all this lightning. It's super yeah. intense. He has this like one of the subplots is that Pazu's trying to find the island because his father took was always searching for the island and kind of died never finding it. So he's trying to clear his father's name. He wants to find it for him. He has this like vision of his father when he's flying yeah, through it's this really cloud. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um like kind of leading him through the clouds. And there's like it's just it's trippy. It's a very almost abstract scene. Mm-hmm. Like the animation almost kind of changes a little bit, but it's very intense. And then they like immediately come out of it. It's that moment of like sublimity that yes. we we're talking yeah. about, where it's not beautiful but it's sublime. And they come out of the clouds, and then they're in this beautiful city. Yeah. Um, and they kind of wake up, and you know, it's this really joyful moment. Yeah. And it's, and that I think. Um, is like the emotional high point of the movie for me. But then you have like still act three to go through. And I feel like act three is just kind of predictable a yeah. little bit. It wasn't as good as like one of the, the other criticisms I, I'd have is the main villain in this film is just kind of a stock villain. Yeah. Um, he's just yeah. bad. And he doesn't. Yeah, like, he just wants the
0: power to like hurt people.
1: Yeah. He just wants to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. And usually that's fine in movies, but I think for usually, you know, usually how Miyazaki will have a much more complex villain or a a much more, not even a villain, but just kind of an antagonist where they're doing something wrong, but, and they're doing something bad, but they're not just plain evil. Right. He could have used
0: a little more development. He could have
1: used a little bit more development. Um, and he just kind of gets into villain mode and I felt like that was a little disappointing. Um, and, and then there's just kind of a lot of like blown things up and it's good. It's not terrible or anything, but, um, it's just, it just feels like you had usually the way Miyazaki's films will end is they have their, the climax is at the very end where everything kind of comes together. Like we were talking about, like Nausicaa does that yeah the very end, everything's resolved. And it's like this joyful, you catastrophic you catastrophic moment Mm -hmm. where everything turns. And I felt like this one had, it's like joyful peak at the end of the second act. Then you have the third act where they're just fighting this bad guy and it's good, but it's not, there's some really fun moments in it. Um, like, my favorite moment is where he's trying to climb up that pillar mm-hmm. that's, like, over, like, nothing, and it keeps falling apart on him, <laughs> and it just barely hangs on. Yeah,
0: that's cute. That, like,
1: as I was watching him, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> um, so there's just, yes. it's it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. not, like, horrible, but it doesn't, because I feel like the t- the emotional timing was right. just a little bit off for me. yeah. Um,
0: <clears throat> I love the castle in the sky.
1: The castle in the... D- that does not disappoint. It's like the design of that so is amazing. so
0: amazing. It feels yeah. like Atlantis floating in the sky. It's old and the robots walking through it, give mm-hmm. it. It's just, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, that's one key theme I think that's really cool about this is that one thing I forgot to mention was the, uh, there's these robots that kind of show up. Um, so they found the government found this robot right. that fell out of the sky. And that's their clue that, hey, Lapid is up there, still up and in the sky. And there's this, like,
0: power source yeah, up there.
1: exactly. And these robots are super
0: cool. They're super cool. They remind me of, like, old-school uh, Superman a little bit. Yeah. Those ones that fly. And mm-hmm. it's, it's funny how you can, like... Calvin was really upset when so one Charlie. of them is destroyed. Yeah. And I, know, it I had to be I... like, it's a robot. Like, it's yeah. just a robot. Yeah, It's just a machine because he was really upset. I know Charlie was like, poor robot. <laughs> yeah. He was like really I sad. was upset. And yeah. I had to like put on a brave face and comfort yeah.
1: Calvin. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So this robot... These robots serve Sheeta because she's Because they kind know of the,
0: she's a, she has the amulet. She has amulet. the
1: amulet, so she's like their queen. Yeah. And so they are extremely powerful, yeah. you know, like war machines. Mm-hmm. But they're also very gentle, which is kind of the interesting so thing. Cool. So when they come to Laputa, this robot walks up to them. And
0: They're, like, scared. They're,
1: like, scared of it. Like, whoa, stay back. Yeah. And it turns out he's just trying to move their, yeah. their like, ship off of the this bird's nest. It's really cute. He just takes care of, like, the birds up there. There's and like he's, like, a gardener. He's, yeah, he's, like, yeah. the
0: keeper of the city. And yeah. it's kind of, like, overgrown. And he's got moss on him. But he's yeah. just taking care of things. And
1: did you notice that they had the fox squirrels from Nausicaa?
0: I did notice that. Yeah. It was just a little tie-in, I guess. I
1: Yeah, that was interesting. I was like, what do I make of that? That's interesting because...
0: Oh, like maybe it,
1: like Nausicaa, it's the same
0: world? Well,
1: maybe the same world or in that those are a sign of like harmony with nature because Nausicaa mm-hmm. like had a fox squirrel and she was like the bridge between nature and humanity. Oh. Or just it shows like a, a peace with nature. If like the fox squirrels like you, right. you're good. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, the robots are these kind of gen- is like this gentle creature but at the the way the story basically ends is the bad guy is also a descendant of the Lapian mm-hmm. kind of royalty. He takes over the city to pretty much kind of rain down destruction on the earth. Yeah. It has all these power. Yeah. It's capabilities. really coolly
0: animated yeah. the blocks and stuff.
1: Yeah. So there's all this technology kind of at the Feels bottom like of the magic. City. Yeah, it's, it feels like magic, but it's, like, this super advanced technology, yeah. and he's going to use Lapia to kind of rule the earth and, yeah. you know, destroy everything. And there's just enemies.
0: tons of, yeah, weapons at yeah. his...
1: he turns on all these robots, which destroys, like, the army that yeah. he was previously working for. He turns on the army. He turns on the army, so he's kind of a rogue agent yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Muska is actually played by Mark Hamill.
0: I just saw that when yeah. I looked it up. I didn't yeah. notice doing that. Doing a good bad yeah. guy
1: voice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his performance is great. Yeah. Like, there's just... He can't really help that the character is not the most complex. Right. He does give it his... I,
0: I mean, I think it totally works. Yeah. He's just a bad guy. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. it's just a bad guy. Yeah. And I mean, that's just what it is.
1: Yep. Um. So the, what they end up doing to stop him... As they recite this spell that Sheeta was taught, yeah. that destroys, basically it's like a spell
0: of destruction. Just the spell
1: of destruction was destroys kind of half the city, but it destroys like the part of the city that was made to be
0: a weapon a weapon yeah so it's like the bottom half and what's left yeah. is the tree with the roots and the yeah. beautiful upper garden of the city
1: yeah so the city's like a floating it's like a city built around a floating tree yeah, it's basically really cool. it's really cool the tree so, is
0: like the island and yeah. then there's a city built around it's it it's this
1: beautiful like very harmonious with yeah. nature kind of city
0: yeah kind of like roman colosseum yeah. not roman colosseum but roman architecture maybe a little bit i don't
1: it know. is it's hard it's it's original it's, hard to it's place. really beautiful and as it ends as they leave this as they leave laputa it basically like floats up into the sky mm-hmm. kind of almost up into the atmosphere mm-hmm. it looks like like out of reach it ends with it like like a shot of it floating like high above the earth but
0: it's just kind of peacefully yeah. with its giant crystal floating yeah
1: it's like it's and so it's almost like it's going out of reach yeah. of humanity at this as it ends
0: and also i think it's it's a good resolution because the weapon is destroyed the so what's destroyed. left is just like this peaceful tree up yeah. there
1: um, and the robot still, yeah. still like caring, caring for, the, for
0: the, yeah. So this was, so to get all
1: like, like thematic for a moment. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the reason, one of the things I like about, we were talking about this last time, like with like modernism and, you know, it, I, I think it's interesting to get how Miyazaki's kind of view on the world. And I'm glad he talks about these things because mm-hmm. for one thing, he's Japanese and you know, if you're Japanese, you're on the losing end of World War Two. Yeah. On a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think I think we don't really, like, think about the cycle, like, this, the long term impact that would have. Yeah. Like, we were on, like, the right end of two world wars. And, like, is it any wonder that we're kind of optimistic, irrationally (laughs) optimistic people, maybe? Because we feel
0: like we saved the world. Yeah,
1: we can do anything. You know, who's going to stop? And we didn't really suffer. I mean, like, of course, we suffered in World War II, but, like, not the scale of, like, Europe or Japan. Because we weren't
0: being bombed. No, it's not like we had destruction rain down on, like, our
1: villages and cities. We didn't see the
0: destruction for years.
1: You know, that just, I mean, so you can kind of see that, I think, in his, it's, It's like, there's a certain amount of, it's not, and this is the interesting thing. It's not like technology is bad Mm -hmm. because technology in this movie is actually very beautiful. There's no moment of like, because if technology was bad, the robots would be evil, right? but the robots aren't evil. The robots are actually very like, they're, they're, they can be turned into weapons Mm -hmm. that are very powerful, but they're not like left to their own devices. It's
0: man that uses them to be evil. Yeah.
1: And mankind's the problem. Yeah that's that's the kind of the point of castle in the sky is that look the problem isn't that there's this technology because the technology in of itself is extremely beautiful yeah. and it's like harmonious with nature i mean that's kind of the vision of Laputa. i think it's like here's a city where you have nature and technology living together in harmony right. it's not like one is crushing the other or destroying the other but the problem is is when you inject humanity into that all of a sudden this all goes back destruction yeah, yeah destruction starts yeah. to rain down and now these robots are like being turned to kill people yeah. and stuff like that but the robots left to themselves are like just like feeding the birds, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so it's not like a situation where like, say a story like Terminator, yeah. the problem is like, humanity is good and beautiful, but these evil machines <laughs> are coming to destroy us. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, you must, so it's kind of this vision of where we're like, technology is bad. Right. That's the problem. Right. And if we could only go back to, and that's, I think that's where like, like extreme environmentalism goes wrong mm-hmm. is it's like, the problem is that we have Cars and that we have this modern technology. Mm -hmm. Not that like, hey, we're really irresponsible with it. (laughs) You know, the problem is kind of with us. Like these things could be good, and they are fine in of themselves. And the answer is not to go back to a pre-technological world, but to. But the problem is with us. Right. We we're the problem here. We we're take the, one the
0: technology who, and we make yeah. <laughs> it
1: destructive. We're the one who invent bombs yeah. that you know can wipe out the world. Yeah. You know, basically. Um, and I think, I think that's that's a good. I agree with that assessment yeah, for sure. I I think you know if you get you don't want to be an environmentalist in the in the way of saying that the answer to our problems is being is. Um, Is that we just need to get rid of our technology, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to be like a utopian. And they say like, well, the answer to our problems is that we just need to invent our way out of this. And that's where I think America. It's funny. I was just reading an article about Elon Musk, um, you know, on his like. He wants to, like, send us, build a spill to the city on Mars. Yes, yes. Right? He's like, we're going to do it. Yeah, as if, like, somehow going to Mars will solve all <laughs> of humanity's problems. Like, we won't be bad people uh, <laughs> right. if we... But, I mean, there's this real inherent idea that, like, look, if we just invent our way out of these yeah. problems, like, we'll somehow be more responsible.
0: Well, his, his idea is kind of odd because he really thinks, like, the world is going to expire. And, like, yeah. we're going to need to have these colonies on Mars. But yeah. I'm like... If our world is probably never going to be as bad as Mars, like living, like if we could live on Mars, we for sure could live on an expired earth. Like there's no water. I mean, there's like a tiny bit of frozen water. And this is one of those things
1: where I'm like, am I being really stupid here? Because I'm sure these these guys, I I don't know how, Elon Musk is an entrepreneur. It's not like he's like Yeah, it's just like a a financial thing for him too. Yeah. So, I mean, don't always trust like the guy who just invested in the right right company at
0: the right right time, you know?
1: But uh, that being said, yeah, I kind of think like... No matter how things get bad on Earth... Right. You know, like...
0: We have an atmosphere. Well, we have
1: we, <laughs> we have water. Mars doesn't have an atmosphere, though. They have, he yeah. doesn't have
0: an atmosphere. It's freezing yeah, cold. It's exactly. colder than anything we could experience. Yeah, at least, you know, we should have... There's no shelter. Yeah. There's no water. There's no way to grow like, anything. Like, if things get bad enough...
1: Like I can't imagine how bad things would get where Mars is the better. better. Option.
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, where it's like at least you've got Mars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like what? I mean, it's. What could possibly be worse than Mars?
0: There's nothing. Like Antarctica is better than Mars. Yeah. And nobody lives there. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a funny idea. Like, yeah, I appreciate the spirit of like manifest destiny, yeah. like to be like we're gonna go get Mars. Uh, but I, I think I think more that's
1: maybe just them dealing dealing with the fact that there's really no undiscovered country left like, on no, Earth. Well, we could try Mars. Yeah, and I get that. Maybe that's maybe that's. And what's I appreciate. It. I think
0: it's cool. Like, sure, yeah. it would be awesome to have like a little colony on Mars. But I don't think it's gonna be like. Where we need to live in yeah. 10,000 years. Yeah. You know, I, well, I
1: certainly hope not because we're in big trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> if
0: that, if yeah. Mars is somehow better than Earth.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's, but I think more what you're seeing with that is this almost, it, it's more of a, it's more of like, we must do this for like, the good of mankind, as opposed to that any practical like, or maybe reason redeem to do it. ourselves, or yeah, yeah, in that like we could ensure our our eternal right. our eternal existence yes. if we could somehow do this, yeah. you know. So it's thinking very big, but it's actually not really dealing with the problems of humanity, right. uh, where the actually problems are. The problem of, with mankind is not that our home is not good, or Because <laughs> right. Earth is actually great, yeah. You know, it's
0: us. Yeah,
1: the problem with yeah. mankind is in ourselves and yeah. the way we treat each other and yeah. the way. That we behave. So, yeah. were you to somehow engineer some sort of mass migration to Mars, where we didn't all die, yeah,
0: we could actually live.
1: We would still have the same problems up there. Yeah. You're not going to erase hatred. You're not going to erase, um, yeah, you know, you're not going to erase the ills of humanity just by moving to a different planet. No, It's you probably going to be
0: worse. Yeah, it'll probably we're gonna be, a be lot under a lot worse. of stress.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so that's where I feel like. There's, there's a strain of uh, modernism that has this utopian idea that right. if we just come up with right inventions – actually, there's a quote I found um, by Howard P. Segal, a um, historian of technological utopianism mm-hmm. in American culture, has this to say about the 19th century – and early 20th century hope that technology was the answer to America's social ills. Hmm. He says this, the innumerable technological advances that have come into being since 1933 have neither produced nor led to equivalent social advances. Certainly many have made the lives of Americans less burdensome and more comfortable, but they have not made people's lives qualitatively happier (laughs) as had been predicted by technological utopians and non-utopian prophets alike. Hmm. Um, And I think that's true. There's a difference between
0: easier, easier
1: and and convenience and like happiness.
0: Right. Like when I do laundry, like it's easier that I have, I throw Mm -hmm. it in the washing machine, but I'm still not happy that I'm doing laundry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or even, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's, we've, we've, uh,
1: we've, I, I certainly, it's funny. Like I have a cell phone. Right. I, and cell phones are amazing—the amount of convenience they bring. Yet, I would love a world where there were no cell phones. Yeah. it's this weird thing oh, where it I would like because so I can—I nice. am the last generation that can remember a world yeah. without internet and cell phones. And it was better. I it, can honestly I it say was better too. I appreciated the things the things I had, I appreciated more, yeah. and I liked the way the world was
0: I, I agree. Even and though I would never nostalgia. get rid of my cell phone, exactly. because you're totally on unequal playing ground yeah. if you do, and you yeah. can't communicate with the rest of the world, but I agree with that. Yeah. And to me, the answer
1: has not been, okay, then I need to get rid of all technology out of mm-hmm. my life. But the answer is I need to like learn to live with this in the, in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's hard, you know, and it's, it's, it's difficult and some things will never be the same. Like I will never listen to music with the same level of appreciation no. that I did before everything was just mm-hmm. like streamable. Yeah. Which is like, weird. remember
0: when you would yeah. like go to the store to buy the CD? Yeah. And then you would like sit exactly. there and listen to it because you just bought it. Like, exactly. It's so
1: different. I was telling the kids about this. Like, you guys will never listen to music the way I did because yeah. when I was a kid, I had to, it cost you 20 bucks to yeah. get an album and you would have to save up for a long yeah. time or maybe you'd get it for like a, your one CD for Christmas. Yeah. So when you got that, I would listen to that thing like 50 times yeah. and like read the lyrics, read the lyrics and just like study it intensely mm-hmm. and get. Every ounce it was a whole of experience. goodness out of that music yeah. that those people made, yeah. and I loved those yeah. that music so much more mm-hmm. than like now I just like casually, right. casually, you know, will listen to music and I can't even remember what I'm listening to half the yeah. time. Like I listen to stuff yeah. like. I guess I f- like when people ask me, "Well, what are you listening to lately?" Like, I'm like, "I
0: don't know." Well, I listen to this Pandora station. Yeah, I listen to this Pandora. So station. So it's
1: like I have so much more, and it's so much more shallow. Yeah, than it. I
0: know. And, totally agree. You know,
1: and so I, I feel like that's anyway. That's it's a little bit of a rabbit trail based off that, but but the answer to our problems as society is not more technology. Um, uh, it's it's that we got to learn. Like the problem is with us, yeah, right, because it's not and, more
0: technology or no technology; no. it's responsible technology.
1: Exactly, it's about us being responsible, and and you know, ultimately, you know, if if you're looking at this, this is a and even going back to um, you know Hayao Miyazaki's uh, previous film, you know, Nausicaa. Nausicaa, right? This was something that needed. A somewhat divine intervention to resolve the plot point, right. you know. So you know, trigger warning if you know, maybe, but you know, I would say mm-hmm. you need divine intervention. You know, this is something where you need divine intervention, right? right? Redemption. You need you, humanity is is broken to the point that that it's it's Floundry. a pipe. Yeah, it's 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 a you're just by giving people more and more technology you're just exacerbating the problem
0: mm-hmm. so there is there and there because is we feel like we're doing it ourselves like mm-hmm. we're like we can save humanity or we can yeah. we can fix this we can we can and w- that's how broken we are yeah. in our way to try to fix things we just make it worse exactly and so it's like a toddler trying to clean up the mess you're yeah. like no you're making it worse don't yeah and so i mean in many ways like
1: the Like, nuclear war is a horrible, horrible thing. Or nuclear weapons are absolutely horrible. Right. But the thought of, like, disarming ourselves is even more scary to some degree because it's like, well, then, like, someone's going to have one of these things. And, like, what (laughs) if— That person's not going to get rid of theirs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's this this weird, you know, and I can get that, like, you know, it's interesting going back to, you know, Japan, right, in that— Japan is a much better place than it was pre-World War II. Yeah. You know, you don't have these people who are, you know, with these, you know, uh, who are basically, you know, being run through the grinder by this imperialist, yeah. you know, uh, dictator. But at the same time, you, you know, so now that, you know, they they don't have, it's, it is a better place. At the same time, like, it, they suffered so much, you almost wonder, like, was it worth it to get where they are now? I don't know. I mean, I would wonder what, like, how Miyazaki would think about that. Right. Like, you know, like the suffering by we the Japanese just people. just wanted to
0: stay under the oppression instead of having... It's just horrific yeah. to think
1: about, like, what we did I know to not just Japan, but to basically all of Europe. I mean, it is, like, yeah, it's, like, it's so weird, like, to think, like, to step back and go, like, how do we know we're not the villains in this story? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I appreciate that Japan doesn't hate America, like, yeah. with, like... You know, with eternal hatred yeah. for like what happened. You know, and it amazes me in many ways that they don't. You know, even yeah. though like, yeah, you guys sure would you we, shot would first. Would we have gotten over that? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't. I can't. It's not that long ago, and so it's just it's just one of those things. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a lesson I don't think America's really maybe had to learn ever no. in this age, at least. Um, I
0: mean, the only time people have come onto our territory. And killed a fraction of Mm -hmm. the citizens that we did. It's like, yeah, we don't forgive. We're like, we're gonna take care of this. Start a war with kind of Pearl Harbor, Harbor, nine eleven, and we've gone to war both times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: With you know, with much larger response, and and we're like,
0: we're gonna win this. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, we're still at war, so we
0: don't know what that feels like to have someone wipe out. Tons of people and then just have yeah, to live Yeah, imagine with something
1: it. like on the scale of 9-11 for years.
0: Right.
1: You know, I mean, like, and and it's interesting, like, I know 9-11 is obviously <laughs> horrific, but, like, the stories of, like, Japanese firebomb, being, like, firebombed, mm-hmm. you know, in World War Two, whether you in Germany or yeah, whatever. Germany too. It's just, you know, it's just, like, it's savagery really on, too. yeah, on just, like, a level that is really hard to fathom, especially when we're on the end of it, who was pulling the trigger. Yeah, You know, so I think, I think that's where, you know, you may be much more, not necessarily pessimistic, but you may have different thoughts about like, well, you know, sure. There's good things that happen to to technology, what happens with technology, but at the same time, like, you know, technology gives us the opportunity to be more inhumane than we were before. Like yes, people were just as bad in the middle ages, right. but you used to have limitations. You had to kill you,
0: people with a sword. Yeah.
1: When you only have a sword, you can only wreak yeah. so much havoc. That's yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and, and so, so yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, uh, Again, I guess coming back to that and maybe the, the end of the movie is the the island basically leaving humanity, right. you know, getting out of reach. And um, and, you know, and that's it's kind of like a good thing. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like, yeah, it's good that, you know, humans don't have this kind of power.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so we should I guess I guess maybe the thing would be is just be prudent, you know. Right. Be cautious okay. <laughs> and let's not be overly optimistic and not so hard not give in to some of these would seem like delusions of, you know, just especially maybe that America's prone to because we haven't really had to pay the price for, yeah, we haven't really had been on the receiving end of a lot of the, the bad parts of progress.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like this very sterile environment where we've lost, Mm. like we've lost obviously tons of soldiers to wars, Mm. but it's, it's not on our territory and we don't see Mm. it. We don't feel the destruction. So it's a little bit of a different perspective. And I do think the
1: world is so complex that it doesn't lead to easy answers like anti-war or just, you know, hardcore environmentalism or, you know, we got to get rid of technology or we just got to progress and just keep inventing. You know, it's like, these are problems that the the world is such a, a, such a complex place that there's, you know, and it's because humans are complex broken creatures right. essentially is what it boils down to. And that any sort of kind of ideological vision isn't really going to, isn't really going to work when you no, apply it on a large there's scale. There's not,
0: not everyone's going to play along. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. if we could all just get along, it'd be great. It would, so yeah. the thoughts I had after watching it was a little, it was a little bit off track from yours, but kind yeah. of ties in yeah, go where, so so there's the idea of power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that the crystal is this powerful thing, and the island is this powerful object. Um, and I and this is once again a little bit of a rabbit trail, but there's the whole sect of people who think Harry Potter is evil. So mm-hmm. Harry Potter is evil, but Lord of the Rings is okay. Narnia is okay. Yeah. Disney's okay. All the other magic is okay. And I've heard so many different discussions on why Harry Potter is evil and other magic isn't. Mm. But one of the things I heard really early on, I think before I even read Harry Potter, was... Um, in in Lord of the Rings, they're trying to get give up the power, the mm-hmm. ring. They're trying to get rid of it. In Harry Potter, they're trying to gain more power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my I
1: heard that exact explanation of why Pokemon was kind of randomly <laughs> bad too. So <laughs> you we gotta were, get them all. We were raised in conservative evangelical Christianity, <laughs> right. and there was a lot of random weird things that were bad that you
0: hated. Dungeons <laughs> yeah. and Dragons was evil too. Yeah. I have no idea if it. I've never played yeah, it because never played it was evil. So,
1: but. Um, um, but Pokemon was was questionable Pokemon was too, too because of that
0: because you got to catch them all
1: yeah <laughs> Pokemon's just stupid <laughs> <but> <laughs>
0: it's not evil it's just dumb.
1: it's not evil it's just stupid
0: <laughs> don't tell Sam that yeah. Sorry. Um, Anyway, But anyways, I thought it was interesting because it, to me, it paralleled the Harry Potter where you had to, she had to use the power Mm -hmm. to destroy the bad thing, which is interesting coming from a Japan, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. culture, Japanese culture, but she decides to use the power to destroy the threat, basically, and... I just thought that was an interesting way that it was resolved, that mm-hmm. it was through oh,
1: that's a good through
0: point. the
1: turning the gun on themselves. Exactly. And it right? was kind
0: of like a self-destruct, like yeah. which is very, spoiler alert, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like where you, you do use it, but you use it maybe at a great cost to yourself. Yeah. And you use it for the good of getting rid of something that needs to be get, gotten rid of. Well, that's actually... Yeah, that
1: actually... You're right. Because that's a theme also in Harry Potter. Is I mean, not right. Harry Potter, but it's, it is in Harry Potter. It's also in Lord of the Rings in a major way in that the only way they can resolve... Yeah. It, it destroys Sauron. But it's at great cost to... Yeah. I mean, it's this world... I heard someone... I forget who I was listening to, but someone described Lord of the Rings as a world where there was once a lot of magic and it's fading away, leaving the people who still have the magic much more powerful.
0: yeah.
1: And um, which is an interesting... That that is an interesting dynamic because that is definitely part of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Um, But the end of Lord of the Rings is basically you must now... It's, you know, the time is over. The time of magic is over because... Um, and
0: everybody goes into the West.
1: Everyone goes into the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in, in, in a similar way, this, yeah, there's loss that, you know, Laputa is now out of reach. Yeah. Um, and, and she
0: can't be in her city. That yeah, was her city. You exactly. Know.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's and this definitely comes up in other kind of Miyazaki films is that the victory comes through loss in some ways. It's not like, Oh, everyone's okay at the end. I mean, it is in this situation, but it's not like we got everything we ever wanted, you know?
0: And you think Harry Potter is very similar to that. Spoiler, I guess if like Madeline, our sister who is yet to finish the last book, (laughs) um, you know he gives up the the yeah. Horcruxes, like, and it's mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I mm-hmm. don't know. So yeah, I don't think Harry Potter is evil. <laughs> well,
1: maybe a controversial statement. It is. Some it is. Um, yeah. Any other final thoughts as we um, uh, wrap this, bring this to a close here?
0: No, that was that was it. I think.
1: Uh, as I would say, if there's any film you can watch with all ages out of Hayao Miyazaki's, I mean, most of them. I'd say like seven, eight, up. Yeah, I think Nausicaa fun. was
0: a little bit more intense. Nausicaa was darker. And also maybe a little more boring for a kid. Yeah. Because it was a little bit
1: just a little more intellectual. To, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one is definitely something you can watch with all ages. Um, there's really, there's the only part that might be a little bit scary would be that when the robot dies.
0: Yeah, that was intense. but It's not
1: scary. It's just sad because it made sad. Charlie sad.
0: It made Calvin sad. Yeah. yeah. But, it made me sad.
1: Yeah, the robot was cool, but other than that, um, definitely appropriate for all ages, um, and uh, highly recommended. I would say. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week, what we have a, a personal favorite of mine, um, which is my neighbor Totoro. Yay! Yeah. yeah, it's a good one.
0: I'm excited. I feel like that's one of the classics.
1: It is a classic. You've never seen it? Either.
0: No, I'm super bad It's really fun to be watching fan. all these with you. I know. Where I'm like the yeah. Test audience here. Yeah,
1: I know. So that that one's that one's very. We're in for some good ones okay. coming up. We got my neighbor Totoro. I think Kiki's Delivery Service.
0: Okay.
1: And then a very little known one, uh, Porco Rosso. That's one of the weirder.
0: Porco Rosso uh,
1: Miyazaki films. Huh. Yeah, and it'll okay. be interesting to see what you think of that one. Okay. Because I'm, I'm not sure what to make of it.
0: You know what I like <laughs> in his movies, real quick, is the way people eat. Yeah. Spirited Away has a lot of eating. kind of gross eating. It's weird how the food disappears. Yeah. Like They like tear it off and then like disappears in their mouth.
1: That is, okay, last Disney comparison really quick. Right. That is one thing they never show people, as far as I can tell, eating in Disney films.
0: Beauty and the Beast eat the oatmeal eat the oatmeal. When they, they have the bowls, when he's learning to that's eat. That's true. But, but the thing
1: that bugged me about Be Our Guest, she never eats She like food. licks one thing. She licks one thing after that entire <laughs> the song. The whole
0: point is you're hungry. The whole
1: point, she starts off hungry. <laughs> she They sing this song to her and she never...
0: Well, Levi, have you seen her waist? Uh, it's true. about three inches across. <laughs> that was the meal so for that her. She's she stuffed. Like,
1: that little pinky <laughs> full of like chocolate fondue, whatever I got, was the meal. Maybe that's the bell diet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, but that always bugged me. And <laughs> I know that bugs me. Miyazaki too. does not disappoint. No, people like will be people eating eat, 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 like real food.
0: I mean, too. they eat the egg too yeah, together. I yeah, like that. I, I know. know.
1: Very sweet scenes. Yeah. All right. So okay. yeah. Next week. Uh, thanks, Roz. Yeah. For taking the time, and we will talk to everyone soon. I think we owe a lot to that cat. aye Your little kitty. Right on, my gut right